Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wong Pickups. I'm Zach Oswald. Just Zach Oswald? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a business. <laughs> Oswald Engineer? Yeah, Oswald hey, it's engineering. me, Todd Novak. Glad you are with us. We are happy to be here. We are super stoked. We love doing this. Woo! And we hope that you love listening to it. And we also have somebody special on the line. Yes, Jake Sarek from Sarek Bases in Chicago. All right. Jake, I, I want to start this out by saying... I so much appreciate your patience. Ladies and gentlemen, we have tried to have him on, I think this is the third time. We were experiencing an awful lot of uh, strange things uh, uh, happening at the very beginning of, or the very end of uh, November, I think. Yeah. And, uh, it was we, a transitional. Yeah, it was a transitional stage. We were trying to, we were relocating our place, and we were just having a lot of ish- issues. Yeah. And uh, Jake has been more than patient, very accommodating, super nice gent, and we greatly appreciate it because he's got some really rad bases, no lie here. Um, and so we're really excited to talk to him. And, uh, you know, it's nice to get 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 some bass love every now and again. Yeah. And um, we'd like to get some more. So Gotta have the bottom give us a shout, bass player, yep. maker guys. Um, <laughs> all righty. So... We got a couple things that we want to deal with real quick. Uh, We want to give a big shout out to Rode Microphones for sponsoring us. This is massive for us. We have all new equipment uh, as a result of our relationship with them. And any chicken scratch you hear on these lines today is coming from, we think it's this old building that we're trying to sort out. You may have heard that in a couple of past podcasts. I apologize. I'm working on it. I'm trying to make it better. But these mics are... are They're insanely great. Man, these are top-notch. Uh, these are Procaster microphones, and they gave us the whole setup and uh, have been really great to, uh, to work with. So thank you so much, Rode. Also, make killer live you know stage mics and yep. all kinds of other microphone stuff. They don't just do, you know, you know, podcast recording stuff and and studio recording stuff they make all kinds of real good stuff so check them out uh road microphones we also want to give real quick shout out to grado headphones thanks grado what up grado i can hear you yes uh, i also want to uh bring to attention very quickly uh reverb.com good friends of ours sponsoring our show we love them thank you guys so much thanks reverb uh i want to bring to your attention something one of my favorite things that they have on their site actually it should be everybody's favorite because this is called price drops now i mean who doesn't like a price drop i like a price drop and there are currently 52,297 listings what under price drop Sure. Holy moly. Yeah. So before you go on and try to find anything or buy anything, maybe check price drop first. Right. They have fantastic stuff on there. It's right on the uh, off of the main homepage. I mean, I, I'm just kind of scrolling through right now. There's a Vox Berkeley 2 head. There's a, there's a Gibson Memphis E3035 at a sick price. Goodness sakes. Yeah. Um, people- tons of pedals. I mean, everything. Everything yeah. you can find on there. It's like a site in itself. It's kind of weird. I mean, if you if you just took 
just price listings, it would you could spend weeks looking at that. So months, months, maybe a year if you got a really slow connection. Right. <laughs> anyway, so uh, check out Reverb.com and the uh, price drop section, and your life will be better. Mm-hmm. Likely, I can't promise that, but I'm pretty sure. Well, anyways. New Gear Day is the best anyways, isn't it? Who's a what a? New Gear Day is the best anyways. A new Gear Day is the best day any day. That's yes. right. Uh, actually, there's two best new things about New Gear Day. Is it one, when you find what you're looking for. Actually, there's three. Then you pull the trigger. <laughs> That's the second. And then... Actually, there's four. Then you wait. <laughs> and then it arrives at your door. And that's right. like... That's... That's that's just the best. It's like Christmas I think every, the, every time. The chase is the funnest part for me, just finding what you're looking for. I, I can't disagree with that at all. Yes. Let's get on with some super rad stuff called What's in Our Guitar World This Week. Uh, there's a lot of dudes in this room. Jake, we're going to get to you in just a second, but um, let's hit Tony first because... He looks sad. <laughs> um, no, actually, it's it's been a good week. Um, I think last time we talked about a uh, a guitar that I picked up to replace one that I sold. So again, the, the sickness <laughs> filters in. It should be here in the next day or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared just gave me some pickups that are going to go into that particular guitar. So that's a good thing. But um, aside from that, I'm doing some some pretty cool projects. Um, uh, I actually posted something on my Instagram page today to kind of show some work in progress. There's a, a company in uh, in Indiana called TEO Guitars, and uh, Terry over there. I've been doing pickguards for his, and they're basically their octave twelve string uh, based on a, a Vox Mando guitar uh, from the '60s. So it's kind of like the they call it the painter's palette body. It's kind of kind of a funky thing, but he needed one that. Um, uh, needed a full face guard. We usually do a smaller guard, and uh, uh, I guess some, somebody wanted one like he had done for uh, for Buddy Miller, who's kind of a uh, a very good instrumentalist. And uh, uh, anybody named Buddy is usually well, really Buddy, good at something. Yeah, you gotta be. <laughs> you gotta be. But um, but uh, he he was an early adopter of this. And what it, the cool thing about this is it allows a guitar player mm-hmm. to play normal chords and things. I'm listening. But it sounds like a mandolin. Mm. What? That's kind of neat. Because it's mm. an octave 12. So if you took cool. a 12-string guitar, capoed it at the 12th fret, right. mm. that's kind of the sound that you would have. Yeah. Um, it seems to be that only really the hugest guy in the band plays the mandolin, <laughs> too. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I think, that's, I think it's, a, it's a prereq. <laughs> Well, you have to you have to do that. So uh, you know those uh, projects like that take some extra time, um, but I actually enjoy doing it because it's not you know just another strat guard or tele guard or whatever. It's something that you know you just have to sit there and think about for a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, and that I enjoy doing that. So yeah, exercise. So check your out brain, the Instagram uh, posting on there. It, it looks pretty cool. Will do. Zach, what's up? So a while back, I picked up... Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I, we, I think we got to just give Zach a little bit of... So, <laughs> Zach, who the crap are you? <laughs> uh, I am a friend of Jared Brandon over here. I, I help him out from time to time, and uh, you invited me over today. Like with arithmetic or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I need it. Right, yeah. right. He may help him put on his socks. <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I have him doing a lot of work in the shop, and uh, he's a very quick learner, and he likes doing it. So, um, Yeah, it's good fun. 
He's a he's a really good dude to have around. I heard you're a good guitar player. Uh, yeah. That's debatable. Can you confirm or deny that? <laughs> debatable. He's, he, he's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's good. All right. Is he going to adopt you or something? What is going I think on? So. I don't know. I think so. I'd have to fight his parents. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. So, yeah. Okay. So what's going on here? Where is feet? That is about. Anyways, uh, I picked up one of those Epiphone SL guitars. Uh Aha, yes. They're really cheap, you know. They're kind of cool looking. I think they're kind of retro, sort of melody maker style. Mm -hmm. Airline-ish. Yeah, and I wanted to do something a little bit different with it just because... How about a pick guard? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) pick guard would be nice. I'll I'll talk to you about that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's a cool guitar, but, you know, the hardware is kind of lacking and the electronics and stuff. And I got a lot of guitars, so I wanted something that was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And so... uh, Finally, put some lipstick pickups in. I had Jared make oh, that's some cool. lipstick. Oh, yeah. And, you got uh, the first two lipsticks I've ever made. Yeah, I got the prototypes. Nice. Um, yeah, they're really cool looking. And, uh, you know, it's a great guitar for 99 bucks. I, I was I, impressed. I, the very first thing, like, if anybody is buying one of these, um, just put some pickups in it. Just, yeah, and just, tuners. Just tuners are important as well. Put some pickups well. in it. Yeah. I mean, you could duct tape your tuners so they don't move, but just <laughs> put some pickups in it because. That was a, that was the one thing I just uh, got handed two of those to re to, to kind of set up because mm-hmm. they weren't set up very well. Yeah, they need that uh, too. Golly sakes, uh, that was that was I was just like, ooh, these need pickups. Everything yeah. else, I mean, I get it. It's a ninety nine dollar guitar. It's right. cool. Set neck, blah blah blah. blah. Wait, no, no, they're bolt not on. a bolt a bolt on. Sorry, um, the paint, the, but it's full paint on everything, which yeah, is cool. It's all glossy. Um, yeah, I like the seafoam green. That's like my favorite solid color for a guitar. Yeah. I mean, you know, cool. whatever. How's the setup on it? Because I, I've heard a lot of things that the uh, Todd don't like. The bridges are really, uh, you can't get them down low enough. Oh, no, I got mine down too low. I oh, mean, okay. yeah, I mean, they're they're cheap. It's a it's a cheap bridge. It's really, really soft. Uh, uh, so eventually I might change that out. But really, the only thing I had to complain about was the fret ends were a little sharp. I spent graders. a lot of time on the fret mm-hmm. ends on the ones yeah. that I got. But I've I've had that issue with and some lower some end. Seriously for high for frets 100 too. bucks in today's yeah. market, I mean, come on. It's a great guitar to work on. So uh, one of our uh, faithful followers, listeners, followers sounds terrible. I shouldn't say that. It's not. Listeners. It's not listeners, listeners. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to sound like culty or anything. One of our friends. <laughs> Corey MacArthur uh, brought something up on Facebook. Uh, he said, I, I've been watching a lot of videos on leveling and crowning frets. I've never done this before, but it seems if you take your time and use the right tools, then this task is not too difficult. I just ordered a fret rocker from Stumac to see if and when my problem, if and where my problem frets are. Hopefully they're not stainless steel frets. Oh, brother. <laughs> but but, but this, this is a great point. And, I, you know, we, we answered with just like, okay, Get a cheap, cheap, cheap guitar. Yes, and start practicing on that first. You know, you right. can you can work on doing your fret ends. You can work on recrowning. You can work. I mean, heck, you can work on refretting if you, if you mm-hmm. feel so yeah. inclined. Yeah. But it's a great way you can do a new nut on it. So it's a, that's a great way to do that. If you get one of these guitars, you're pretty much going to have to do something about those fret ends anyway. So that's yeah, the yeah, place to start. That, that actually <laughs> right. might be a good one to experiment yeah. with. Yeah. For that's, 100 bucks. To me, that kind of stuff is fun, though. You know. Oh, yeah. yeah I enjoy it. I, I, t- I thoroughly enjoy it. It's a, it's a zenny kind of thing. Cool. Thanks for sharing. You're be quiet now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just Jake, what's up? Yes. Um, all right. So the last couple of weeks have been tying up loose ends, getting ready for the winter NAM show, which will be my first time going there. And it's Exciting. actually appropriate that uh, 
Reverb sponsored this episode because they're actually kind of sponsoring my life right now too. Oh, right. Um, I'm going to be showing bases at the Reverb booth at Winter Nam. Oh, cool. In a week, very awesome. exciting. Um, so this week has been kind of the first breath of fresh air because my bases are on their way to California. So it's the calm before the storm, and I'm finishing up a couple of customer guitars before I leave. And one of them is my very first bass six, which I'm really excited oh, about. Man, so, bass sixes yeah. are hot right now. Yeah. So wow. I, every once in a while, I get a customer who's got a special vision. I don't really do a lot of custom work. I try and stick within the models that I offer. But mm-hmm. once in a while, an idea is just too good to pass up. So this guy wanted me to make a 32-inch uh, scale bass six in the style of my Sacramento bass. So, mm. yeah, oh, cool. it turned out great. It's got a, a Curtis Novak basics pickup in the middle position, and then I wound up one of my uh, Sarek single coils for the bridge. Are you using Curtis's uh, Gen 1 uh, that have the metal uh, base on it or just one of his standard uh, basics pickups? One of the s- standard basics okay. pickup. Yeah. He makes a really cool – it's basically based on the very first generation of, what was it, 1960 – one or 62 mm. base uh, sixes okay. and it's essentially a strat style pickup that sits uh inside of a metal housing uh the the base oh. is actually uh it's it, it's a it's a housing that fits in so it's, it's he does everything that no one else wants to do yeah <laughs> that, that's why it's he's awesome stuff. I mean, he's and he does it dude. well yeah. Yeah. yeah i use a lot of his i use a lot of his bisonics and, and other oh base yeah pickups too, that's so. a really good pickup gold foils all that stuff yeah nice so that's yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, we'll get into all of your different base models and your whole line up of, you know, bases and thinking mm-hmm. and all the good stuff that has to do with your awesome brand. Say on Thanks. your on that base six, are you using um, um, like I guess the traditional baritone scale length or uh, baritone strings or uh, how are you stringing that one up? No, it's it's tuned up. Um, you know, like a six string guitar, just an octave. You know, or the bass. Okay. Octave, so it starts with the, the first four strings are, are the same as a regular bass guitar. Okay, and then it just goes up to the B and E, but it's got um, it's a thirty-two inch scale. Okay, so it's me- like a medium scale bass. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, you have to let yeah, us know how that comes out. Absolutely, we're looking at your bases right now, and it it's funny because it's it's like so obviously Chicago. <laughs> Interesting. Just because if anybody has looked for an Airbnb in Chicago. That's the shot. <laughs> Yo, you're talking about my apartment with, and everything? With the front room three-piece yeah. uh, window yeah. set. Three, three, three window. window. Hey. Yeah. That was a nice place we stayed at, though. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Um, well, since you guys all asked what I've been doing. What about Jared? Oh, well, all right. Let's go, Jared. <laughs> well, other than uh, replacing a carburetor on my snowblower. Uh <laughs> I've got uh, a handful of amplifiers and cabinets, and I have this uh, Blackstar HD60, and it's a 60. No, man. <laughs> it's one of my favorite amps. Uh, I actually was messing around, unplugged the... Sp- uh, it's a combo. It's a 112, you know, 60-watt amp. I unplugged the... Uh, I- I'm not fond of that speaker that it came with, so I plugged it into a... Uh, a uh, 412 and it's an old Marshall cab from like this late 70s mm-hmm. and it's got some newer greenbacks the England made mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it sounds so stinking great it makes me regret 
buying the combo, and I wish I would just bought a, a head. Do you remember when I went? Yeah, the yeah. combo sounded <laughs> combo sounded really fizzy. Yeah, that was yeah, my biggest problem with it. It's a no totally bueno. new amp when you just eliminate the one twelve inch speaker and plug it into a a a, a, a four twelve. I mean, it's unbelievably different and. So, you know, I'm not going to get rid of the combo. I'm going to be devil's advocate here and say just about any amp that you plug into. I was a just going to say that. That's true. A Marshall stellar. 70s 412 <laughs> with English, with uh, UK greenbacks? Well, they're yeah. newer. Oh, yeah. Know, yeah, but still, ones, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. No, but it's cool. That, I mean, if you're happy with that. Well, I'm not going to get rid of the amp because I like the sound. I'm just going to keep everything the way it is now. Well, why don't you have a cabinet made just for the head? Yeah. I know a guy. Get like a 212 for that. Make it, a, you know. Why don't you make a 412 cabinet? You should see this it. cabinet, though. It, it it looks like, you know, five different beers at five different times were spilled on this. It's like rock and roll. <laughs> it does. It looks like it's been toured everywhere. It's great. Cool. But, uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of boring, but it's really cool <laughs> when you, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's not, you know, uh, eh. But the, it's great when you find a, a sound that you weren't expecting to find. That's yeah, I, I, I would echo that. I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. Hey, Todd, what's been going on in your world this yeah. week? Well, hang on. Well, okay, I'll tell you. Please. So one thing that I've been doing uh, is playing around with this really, really cool pedal. I was taken by surprise by a pair of roguish eyes. There he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, this, it's, it's by uh, Southampton Pedals, and it's, I'm going to get the name wrong. I can't get it straight, but it's the Ictinio uh, preamp. It's like an EQ. Ictinio. 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 Something like that. No, I-C-T-I-N-E-O. No. <laughs> That's what it's called. Right. Anyways, it's got a little like a. That was his a, name. A, I think it's a submarine. It looks like a submarine or a blimp. This is a very. I'm having a hard time with this. I'm not doing a very good job of this right yeah, now. Yeah, you're really making it sound so attractive. I'm looking at Facebook I, right it, now. Okay, really around the room. Is that is it a blimp or is it a submarine? Uh, I would call that a, a blimp. A, that's a dirigible. It's a blimp. <laughs> that's a submarine. I think. See. Oh, oh, I'm so crazy. It's mm. a blimp because it's got the... Oh, no, that's... No, it's got a thing on top. Switch. I think it's a submarine. It's like a really old, blimpy-looking submarine. Anyways, yeah, that matters not. This pedal is one of those pedals that you plug in and you say, hmm, what is this going to do? And then you realize it's not what it does. It's just, holy moly, this is making my amp sound so much better. Like, hmm. it literally is like a veil of dynamic that, that just drops right over it. And I, I, I heard it, and I said, whoa, wait a minute. And I took the, uh, the five-step back and then the ten-step back, and then I went back to the room and had my kid play it, and I was like, holy crap, this is making my guitar sound so much better. It has a whole bunch of switches that I'm not going to get into, but if you go to Southampton Pedals, uh, dot com. You can check it out. It's the thing that you can't pronounce with the blimp marine on it. <laughs> a submarine blimp. 
<laughs> a subliminum blimp. Anyways, uh, it's super cool. Check it out. It's essentially, uh, uh, you know, it's an EQ, but but way more involved than a standard EQ is. And uh, I, I really dig it. It's really cool. Anyways, so Lottie Dottie. We like to... One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Yes, four on the floor. My favorite. Jake, let us have it. All right. Uh, So the pedal that I've had on my board for the longest um, is the Boss CEB3 Chorus, bass chorus pedal. Uh Um, Chorus is probably my favorite and my you know my most go-to effect just for kind of like juicing up the sound a little bit or i play a lot of chords or stuff in the high register so it just gives those notes a little bit of extra shimmer Mm -hmm. i don't you know it's not necessarily just like a a goth cure thing or anything like that (laughs) um this i don't know i haven't really honestly tried that many different chorus pedals this one's just always worked for what i needed it for and it's great because it's got a separate um, low filter so you can either dial out the low end or keep it in. I like to keep it in so that the chorus actually when engaged acts as a little bit of a boost as well. Mm-hmm. Um, effect blend all the way up and then there's a, a rate and a depth which I keep more or less around noon because it can get real kind of loopy if you put the rate you know super far over but right. just uh, enough to kind of give it a little thing. I'm also a big fan of chris squire from yes he's like my favorite bass player of all time oh and interesting he uses a lot of kind of subtle effects especially playing chords and arpeggios and things like that so that's probably where that started um next is the vt bass di pedal which is a, a newer venture for me but i always need some kind of overdrive a little bit of dirt um for a long time i was using that that boss bass overdrive, that yellow pedal, which sounds horrible in every setting except for like pretty much the gain all the way off. And so then it's just kind of a kind of a wow. Like there's, a, there's a beautiful endorsement. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, any amount of gain on that pedal immediately just turns into like that that muse song, like that oh, yeah. you know that muse song that everybody plays, which is like it's just too much. It sounds horrible when <laughs> with the direct signal, it just doesn't sound good. So. For whatever reason, though, that that pedal stayed on my board for years and years and years. I finally said, screw it. I'm going to try something else. Tech 21 VT bass nails it. A lot of good character. The DI version of the pedal sounds great, too. So if you're recording with it and you don't have a nice speaker cabinet to to get that crunch, it actually does a pretty convincing job there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's plenty of EQ and and good tone shaping on that. Um, Then I've got... An interesting pedal. You guys familiar with the Digitech Bass Synthwa pedal? No, we are. I, yeah, <laughs> I think it's it. It's I can hear this. I can time. hear the effect in my head. Does it have a yeah. blimp on it? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been it's around a for a while. It's been around for a while, and there's actually a lot of different stuff on it. Again, I only use it for one thing, but it's probably best known for like that that one daft punk song which is like bow 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 yeah. bow you know yeah that, it's, that, it's an auto right yeah, yeah it's got it's got like all these weird synthy auto sounds on it and everything i don't use it for any of that stuff but i use the sub octave because it's it's one of the best tracking sub octaves that i've 
ever used and it just sounds really great it's nice and clean it doesn't really color the sound it just gives you like a nice solid sub octave so i think rage against machine may have used that too you might be right yeah yeah yeah. so that pedal sits on my board all the time for when i need that and then my most recent addition to the board is the maxon af9 which is in ottawa um i've used those looked together with each other not always. Let me rephrase yeah. that. Do you use that together with each other? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Uh, I've tried out oh. a lot of different bass envelope filters throughout the past several months, and they just, so many of them get real squawky and kind of splatty, and just, they have wolf notes, or the, the top end is too harsh. Like, the, there's just something off about them. I, I like kind of a, like, my ideal envelope sound is pretty much jerry garcia like any you know the, the old neutron like his tone it's just really expressive it's subtle it's not too harsh this pedal does that and it works really well for bass so i can get kind of like a, a sweeter midier uh ottawa sound the sensitivity is really great it's really expressive depending on how hard you play so you can kind of like half open it up or like dig in and really let the note open up wide and it's just got like a really nice bobble sound to it. So I've been having a lot of fun playing around with that. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the only reason you got that pedal is it's because it's super cool looking. It is really cool. Cream delicious. I mean, two sliders and the, uh, the, the uh, what do you call those things? The little switches, the little slide switches. 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 Well, switches. We call yeah. them switches. Switches. Yeah. Anyways. People call them corn. A selector <laughs> switch? I don't know. Uh, anyways. Um, yeah, yeah. So, cool. Uh, that sounds mighty good, dude. I like that. I, I'm not... I wish I was more familiar with bass pedals. It doesn't... I know that the landscape of bass pedals is probably more like an island. I, no, I disagree. Is there... there I disagree. Seem, there's, there's maybe I'm just not aware there. of them. There, there are a lot out there, and and I find that bass players are usually more experimental than most oh, guitar yeah. players in terms even of just basses. I mean, they'll oh, they'll, yeah. they'll buy very cool basses. Yeah. Oh, okay. What about uh, country music, though? What about it? Uh, do you hear a lot of uh, <laughs> yeah? That's bass the end of that discussion. <laughs> in in country music, I mean, it's a boom, 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 boom. boom. <laughs> oh man, you just boom, 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 boom. oh <laughs> goodbye Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was Jared from Brandon Wound Pickups playing country music bass lines. Come on. No, I think there are some. I mean, uh, I, I I would agree with you that um, country musicians tend to be more traditional. And maybe yeah. less experimental, but I'm sure. I mean, if you go down yeah. to Nashville, there's a killer music scene there. Yeah, yeah I've heard of it. Of course, there is. Come on. <laughs> hey, uh, Jake, real quick question family. for you. Yeah. I got family down there yeah, yeah. doing it. Come on, Jake. Real quick question for you. Um, you have um, have you uh, experimented with the dark glass uh, line at all? I've I've messed around with them in store. I haven't actually purchased anything, but there I've actually. Um, not too long ago, Doug was at the uh, basement at Chicago Music Exchange mm-hmm. showing off his new amp and cabinet line. And so we got to hear a little bit of that, too. I mean, the he he's definitely nailed the bass overdrive thing. That's a, It's kind of the thing with bass effects. It's hard to manage all those low frequencies. Mm-hmm. So that's why sometimes you do need bass-specific stuff, especially when it comes to overdrives, distortions, fuzzes, things like that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I've, I like everything I've heard so far from, from him. So cool. I, I stumbled on one on accident. I didn't even know. And I got it and it sounded amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We tried I mean, that out together. Legit. It's a That's great set for guitar. Yeah. It works really well. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say to other guitar players, like if, Hey, if you see like a, a, a bass pedal that sound looks interesting, give it a shot. It might be rad. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, and I'm glad you you mentioned the Tech 21 stuff because that's they've I mean they just make some really good pedals, really useful things. I mean I used to gig out with an acoustic, uh, two of us playing acoustic guitars, and we use the uh, Tech 21 acoustic DIs, and they're they're just incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean it's, mm-hmm. it gives you everything you need and then some. And I remember when you were playing with Jack Black. That was really awesome. Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> remember when you were in the Beatles? That was pretty cool, man. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, cool. Well, hey, dude, thank you for sharing that. Um, that is, I love this segment, and it's just, it, it's such a great window into a, a player's personality and what they're all about and the choices that they make, and it's cool. Uh, but the big reason that we have you on here is because, Base. I mean, you make some... Pretty awesome basses. We ran into you at uh, the Chicago Guitar Show put on by Alchemy Audio, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I've told I've been telling all kinds of people. You know, like, hey, who's coming on the show? I'm like, hey, we got Sarek basses. Now you've had the benefit of <laughs> being strung along for <laughs> quite a while now, so I've been mentioning you probably more than other people. <laughs> From the outside, from the outside perspective, you guys run a pretty legit thing. But as soon as you <laughs> <laughs> don't give it away, uh, um, it, well, uh, yeah, I, I I really appreciate that you said that. It seems like we run a really legitimate thing because you know we're running a really legitimate pro, uh, program here. I, if I could say it, I'm I'm ruining my gag here, and so I'm just going to get by it. Your name right on yeah. the thing. Hey. Anyways, uh, so okay, so Jake. Yes. The thing that caught my attention with you was that I think in the bit when I see basses, I see a lot of, um, you know, Tony, you just kind of gave a nod to it. It's sort of like you either see like a P bass or you see something bunkers, yes. you know, like 16 <laughs> pieces of wood. And, and at bass, a- J bass. Or T forty, <laughs> right? Or and, and I don't mean like bonkers is like is as bad. In fact, um, uh, low down bass, who's also uh, you know yeah. yeah out in Chicago, uh, he was at the our local guitar show. He was one of our earliest uh, guests on the show. It was good to see him, and and that guy makes some incredible basses out of lots of different kinds of wood, and and he's on the more like whoa, check those basses out, kind of crazy end, um, right. and the thing that. I was drawn to when I saw yours was that they they seemed they seemed more like guitars familiar to me but in totally new presentation uh so I'm not trying to take away from your baseness but as a guitar player I was really drawn to them if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely (laughs) I saw familiar I saw familiar brands and designs kind of all meshed together that's what and they look really great that's definitely the goal. Like when I set out to to figure out what kind of aesthetic I wanted, I saw kind of two sides of the spectrum where like I could go make J bases and P bass copies. Like, you know, there's a lot of companies doing that and I'd mm-hmm. probably do okay at it. Or I could go kind of the Carl Thompson, Alembic, maybe Federa, like more exotic wood, slightly right. more organic shapes, curvier kind of thing. 
but I've never really been, I, I appreciate all that, but I've never just really been drawn to those types of instruments. Yeah. So I said, I just kind of sat down and figured, you know, what are the favorite, what are my favorite instruments? What kind of design am I drawn to? Mm-hmm. Most of it is still vintage stuff that most people are aware of, but maybe it's not the most common stuff you see more guilds, old Epiphone, like Kalamazoo yeah, totally. era Epiphone stuff. Lots of Epiphone um, stuff there. Yeah. Obviously, there's a huge Rickenbacker influence to some of it. No. Just, it's, <laughs> just, I can't say that. They'll call me up right yeah. after this. Oh, <laughs> well, Mr. Hall. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's just kind of, I've, I've been a collector for a long time, too. I've owned a lot of different bases. So I just kind of plucked little bits and pieces from all of my favorites throughout the years and tried to throw them together in a way where people would not be completely scared by them or... At the same time, I also wouldn't think that I was just copying some other classic design. Well, I think that's a smart way to do it. I mean, because, yeah, you're right. There are, I mean, there's some really good builders that base their, um, their, their shapes and practically everything on traditional, Mm -hmm. well-established instruments. And I I think it's important if you're going to do something a little bit different, that it is somewhat familiar or at least has, you know, some some echo of 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 a yeah of of a different like lincoln guitars like lincoln guitars down in in uh austin uh Mm -hmm. he he does kind of the same concept but uh well yeah he's the same so when you (laughs) whenever you can't breathe i think it's hilarious (laughs) Ah, (laughs) and you screw me up when you start laughing so it sounds even worse but (laughs) no i mean when i yeah when i first laid my eyes on these bases i was like oh wow yeah, I see that. I see that brand. I see that brand. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it. I would totally, if I were a bass player, I would probably look into one of these and want to try them out. And as a matter of fact, I will probably see you next week. Uh, All right. At, at Nam, it'll be my first time, but I'm, I'll be walking around. So, but uh, I can't wait to uh, try some of these out. Yeah. Nam. Yeah. Nam. <laughs> just, just, don't, just don't go to the Nambla Not convention nom. instead. Yeah. Nam. Uh, so, you know, I, I think uh, what I really, one of the things that I'm really doing, I mean, right now we're kind of focusing on the aesthetic. We'll get into like some deeper stuff. We're not just going to sit here and ramble on about like, oh, it looks like this. Um, <laughs> but w- I think something story. that you've done very successfully just from, uh, uh, you know, an, someone looking in on what your brand is about is that you could see any one of these bases in almost any kind of style of music mm. instantly, yeah, like very, very easily. Um, and that's not always the case. Like, you can't always say that about a lo- most musical instruments. I think that is part to your your sort of borrowing of like, the, these are the great things I like about certain known instruments, but then somehow managing to find a way to, to put your own fingerprint uh, on a new style. I would consider mm-hmm. this a new style, me, myself, and I. Uh, so anyway, so I, that is hard to do when, you know, when we're talking with other luthiers is like, that's the biggest struggle is like, how do I, how do I present something that people will, can instantly feel comfortable with, but also feel good enough to buy because it is worth it because it's a fresh and there's something fresh about it. Mm-hmm. So 
Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The genre, the genre thing wasn't really a conscious decision because I do, I get asked that a lot. Like, well, what kind of music are your bases good for? And I, I guess I don't really build for a specific type of music, and that's probably why. So people yeah. can just kind of. You know, and there's enough different pickup combinations and things that do fit. I guess I don't have a lot of metal players necessarily, but I've got something new up my sleeve that might change that. So I mean, well, dude, awesome dude, BC the, Rich. The, I was just gonna yeah. say that. Throw BC Rich in there. You know? that, the black Midwestern that you have on on your site, I can I would totally see that. That I can see somebody in Macedon playing that easy. Yeah, I, I agree. think the only yeah. the only thing is maybe because it's a short scale. I don't uh, I don't know if you mm. see a lot of short scales in in metal. Usually it's extended scale, if anything. But yeah. good old EBOs. We'll and see. EB three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, Zach didn't have anything to say, so we're gonna keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> I snorted. Would you like to add anything to her? Yeah, to this? I really like that Redmond Western. That's that's totally my sort of thing. If I was because it's at, red, or what? Should we, you want to see a different color? The pickguard well, shape. It just it kind of reminds me of uh, like you said, an old Kalamazoo Epiphone, and I'm really into that mm-hmm. stuff. So like I, I'm I'm a guitar player. I'm not a bass player, but that is something that I would play if I was looking at a bass right. for sure. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, you should be able to play it. It only has four strings, so it's... And the I, strings are really big, too, so you can see yeah. it easier. I think in the, in the pillars of uh, bass and seltzers, maybe only two left. <laughs> yeah. Somehow we can do that. That is um, a really oh, cool-looking bass. Though, yeah. Like, no, that's, yeah, yeah they, all of them are well done. Yeah. They, so uh, anybody that's following along right now, by the way, if you go to com, if you're not driving... Uh, that will get you this everything that we're seeing uh and you can see all the things that we're seeing but i want to talk about just real quick how did you fall into this whole thing Hmm. how far back do you want me to go as far (laughs) as it's relevant man all right well just gonna go back to kind of my musical history first because i still at the end of the day consider myself a bass player first that's the reason i'm in this whole thing play it on so like every good bass player, I started off playing trumpet. I don't know if you guys are aware of this phenomenon, but there it seems to be there are a lot of bass players out there who started off as no trumpet kidding. players. Is anyone aware of this? No, I just, I'm not aware of that. Well, I know. Didn't okay. uh, John Entwistle, he was John a Entwistle, flugelhorn player. Well, that figures. Flea's another well-known one. I don't know. Uh, so I, I don't know no if that's a thing. I have no idea about Flea. Huh. But anyway... Um, I quickly learned that I'm way too much of an introvert to be a trumpet player. So somehow (laughs) later on in high school, I ended up playing the bass and doing that whole thing. So uh, let's see, bass, played bass throughout high school and college, did a little touring after college. And actually, that's how I I initially heard uh, about you guys was through Jeff Schroeder from the Smashing Pumpkins when he was on the show. Cool. Um, Because our band that I was in after college did some touring with the pumpkins. So oh, that cool. was, yeah. That, and that Jeff, doesn't hurt your lifestyle. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. And Jeff still Maybe your liver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So I gained a good friend there. Um, super cool. Then, Jeff's a super yeah. cool dude. Yes. Oh, yeah. Talk about someone who knows their effect pedals too. I mean, he's yeah. a, a wizard with that stuff. So yeah. Anybody that hasn't heard that episode, it is well worth listening to. Uh, you can go to our website to check that out. It might be a little for might be difficult to find on um, uh, on iTunes because it only for whatever reason lists the last twenty five. But uh, yeah, yeah it was cool because you know 
all we talked about was gear. And a lot of people say, why don't you guys have more, you know, known musicians on and stuff? It's not that, you know, we're trying not to. It's just, you know, we're talking about gear and a lot of, you know, that is that isn't always that doesn't translate all the time. But he's a gear head and Mm -hmm. that's all we Mm -hmm. talked about. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah. He could go on and on. Yeah. Um, So then after all of that, after college, I was back in Chicago looking for a job and it was taking a long time. So in, in the meantime, I called up Dan Lakin over at Lakeland Bases, which was just a couple miles away from where I was living at the time. Nice. And, and asked him if I could just kind of come in a couple of days a week and just kind of hang out, maybe sweep the floors and just observe. You know, I just kind of. Be a fly on the I, wall. Yeah, totally. I don't, I, I was, I'm always been, I've always been gear oriented. I was always modifying my bases and pulling frets out or changing pickups or doing this, you know, Frankenstein instruments and things like that. So I I knew I kind of had an interest in it. So Dan said, sure, come on in whenever you want. And when I got there day one, um, Kevin Caton was the shop supervisor at the time. He said, you're not just going to sweep floors. Like we're going to, you know, throw you right in. You're going to be putting stuff together, wiring up pickups, all that good stuff. So I got a, a really nice education there over the next year and a half, two years or so. Um, Kevin walked me through my first build from scratch, which was a, a Gibson Grabber style copy. Um, and actually, he is now my shop mate at our wood shop. He, Kevin builds acoustic guitars. You can look him up, Kate and Guitars. Oh, Kate. Cool. So Wait, he, how do you how do you spell that? Kate. Uh, C C A T O N. Incredible, K-ton. incredible luthier. Katon. Katon. Okay. Yeah. So he taught me, you know, he kind of built, laid the foundation for me there at Lakeland. And I also got to see how a legitimate production, you know, bass production company was run. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And then after that, I moved over to the repair side of things, which I think is probably the most valuable thing. If any builder could get one sort of impromptu education, it would be go work at a repair shop for a couple of years because the, just the different problems you encounter, the amount of different instruments you get your hands on, there's so many different things. I think that's probably also where I started to put together a lot more of my aesthetic mm-hmm. ideals, just seeing all these different guitars and seeing what sort of designs worked, what was, you know, what good hardware was, what bad hardware was, good wiring, good fret work, all that stuff. So that really kind of cinched it for me, you know, and gave me like a really solid skill set. Um, and yeah, while I was just really quick while you were yeah, on yeah. that, um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, we were mentioning Lincoln guitars, um, when we interviewed them, like that was absolutely his story too. Um, mm-hmm. he started off at a, I think a, a standup bass ah. shop and yeah. was just learning how to do repairs and stuff and, and, and started to see how things are designed and everything like echoed the same sentiment. So right. I love that you called out to anybody thinking about getting into this because I know that there are a lot of people that listen that, that, you know, do, uh, uh, have the idea of getting into that. And, and that, that's a great, that's a great call out for that. So, yeah. Yeah. And the repair game is a totally different thing too. It's like it, to be a really good repairman is, is different than being a good builder, but you kind of need to see things like how things are reverse engineered in that way too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I was at third coast guitar repair for a few years. And in the meantime, I was also working part-time 
um, installing kitchen cabinetry and doing finished carpentry and stuff like that. So I had access to a wood shop, um, and uh, in my spare time, I was building a few bases. In, you know, in, in my spare time, just for myself or for my friends, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing too crazy, just a, a couple a year. And eventually, I just kind of got the idea that, hey, maybe I could turn this into something a little bit more. So I started slowly kind of building a, a collection of models that I wanted to try out, um, got an Instagram account started, got a website up and running, and Funnily enough, I actually had my website up and running with like professional pictures that my friend took of the first three bases that I ever built. And that's kind of what I hit the ground running with before I even had anything else. I just thought that if I had like a nice shiny website, it would, people would think I was a legitimate (laughs) business, you know? So (laughs) that's how I kind of reached out to all of my suppliers like HipShot and TV Jones and the people, you know, hardware and pickup suppliers and stuff and was like, hey, look, I'm building these bases. Do you guys, you know, think you could hook me up with a builder discount and all that? Not knowing that I hadn't even sold a single instrument yet. Oh, (laughs) man. Do do you still have number one that you built? No, number one has been sold. um, I've got a few, you know, prototypes that hang around in the closet, but... Yeah, the first couple, the first Midwestern and the first Sacramento are in somebody else's hands. They're they're what, out there. Was in the, world. the Midwestern the first one you did? The Sacramento actually was. Ah. I built a, a short scale, chambered body Sacramento, and the idea was to kind of build a Rickenbacker 660 style guitar in bass form, mixed a little bit with like the 4003 thing. So right, yeah. Um, so that was the first one. And then I had actually built sort of a Newport clone, I like an, an old Epiphone Newport, which was is what the Midwestern's based off of before that. But it, it wasn't anything like the Midwestern was. It was really just strictly like the old Epiphone base. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, so the I guess the short scale thing is something that I'm becoming – more known for. I think that's kind of the, I definitely get the most orders for short scale bases. And that was kind of just really? an accident that the, yeah, by far. And I think it's just by chance that the first couple that I built were short scale. It wasn't even really something that I was conscious of. Um, I'd always liked short scale bases, but it wasn't something I was obsessed with. Are you sure you and, just didn't make a wrong measurement? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Damn, what am I going to no. do with this thing? It's two inches too short. <laughs> uh, I guess I figured maybe it was just less wood. So if I screwed it up, it was you know, <laughs> not a big deal. But yeah. That's rad. Um, I actually, I, I'm, I didn't know that the Midwestern was a uh was a short scale and one of the guys on my in uh, one of the bands i'm in is looking for a new bass and i really want him to have a black midwestern too yeah. so <laughs> yeah. i think i'm gonna point him that way i think uh didn't gibson design that to you know allow normal guitar players to easily play the bass with student basses right well, I think a combination, student, um, yeah. people with smaller hands, and also guitar players jumping on a bass. Right. That's really Definitely. why the, the shorter scales started to come out. Me like right. it. I like it. Right, you right, don't right. fit any of that, Jared. It's <laughs> silly. 
Yeah, like for me, you're yeah. twice the size of a true. mandolin player. <laughs> you're twice the size of a normal human, and you play the play smallest the guitars. I don't understand. <laughs> Anyways, cool. Uh, I'm just kind of curious because yeah. I don't know as much about you know what goes into uh, building bases. Uh, obviously, I know that there are some differences, but from your perspective, like when you started getting into this, walk, walk us through like what the experience was and some of the challenges you faced to where you are now, because right now they, they look amazing. And, and, you know, we saw you at the show and, 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 you know, so I had the privilege of actually seeing a couple and then just really impressed. So mm. from whence you came, what have you, what did you run into? I think the two big challenges with bass are first and foremost neck stability because there's a lot more tension on a bass neck. So figuring out how to just make a stable neck that's going to stay put and last a really long time. And my conclusion to that is actually pretty simple. It's just two-piece quarter sawn with a good truss rod and a good fingerboard um there's not much else to it than that for me no graphite rods or anything just no i don't like an overly yep i don't like an overly stiff neck um but i also don't carve my necks too thin i'm not going like getty lee jazz bass here where it's Mm. just you know paper thin front to back so there's a little bit more meat behind it too so that's really important and i also find that a little bit of extra thickness front to back on a bass neck affects the tone in, in a huge way too it adds sustain it tends to get rid of dead spots. It just makes the whole thing all around, you know, a little bit more sturdy and solid in the low end too. Hmm. So there was some trial and error with that because I wanted to make necks really thin and comfortable because a lot of base necks, especially old vintage ones and vintage short scales in particular, have the old baseball bat neck where it's just like already behind the first fret. It's an inch thick mm-hmm. and it just gets thicker from there, which I think is kind of insane. But there's a there's definitely kind of a sweet spot with that cool are you and, using uh, a, a dual action truss rod or yeah dual action okay yeah i do i do use dual action um uh, no, okay wait yeah describe dual action for everybody dual action just means that you can adjust the relief forward or back you can you can introduce back bow or forward bow if you wanted to so i try and it's you'd never really want to add more relief you're always you know kind of counteracting the tension pulling the neck forward by Mm -hmm. bringing the neck back to straighten it out but in some cases it's nice to just have that extra you know adjustment the other way in case something goes wrong over time right um and i actually try to build my necks with a little bit of extra i should say a little bit of backbow to them so that way once the strings are on it kind of pulls it straight and you don't need to use much of the truss rod right away and then over time the neck may shift a little bit and that's when you can kind of start tightening it up gotcha yeah um the other big challenge is just kind of the ergonomics and the sort of fret access bit of it i guess um i mean if you look like if you look at a typical typical guitar the bridge is kind of three quarters of the way up into the body towards the neck already but with a bass you kind of have to pull that further towards the back of the body and sometimes that means the neck is shifting into the body too so it's harder especially on some of those more symmetrical designs to get upper fret access so just playing with the right dimensions getting the right balance there's no neck dive also another thing you don't really have to worry about with guitars but with basses because you have a longer neck if you don't get that upper horn 
into a specific spot when you're wearing it with a strap it tends to dive to the floor which nobody wants it's gonna wear on your left arm or you know throughout the, the gig and everything like that so just finding the right dimensions to get the right balance and in, in fret axis i guess we just took some playing around with and it still does when i'm designing a new model that's mm -hmm. like the first thing i look at so excellent how yeah. did you get to your I, I i noticed that um on most of your models you're using the you know i guess for lack of better terms a soap bar um bass pickup uh commonly seen on like a, a music man style bass uh, i i don't know if that's just because of the ones that you have on the home page right now or, or is that talk about your bass your your pickups Pick, so the the most common pickup i use actually i use a lot of bisonic style pickups which come from the old guild bases um and I was introduced to those when I was at Lakeland. At the time, a guy named Fred Hammond was making a pickup called the Dark Star, mm. which was an old recreation of the early Bisonics that were in Guild Starfire bases and some of the other, the Guild JS series bases. Weren't those originally, uh, was that a Hagstrom pickup originally? Hagstrom, too, yeah, you're right. The Hagstrom and then Guild used it a yep. lot. So, right, correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are cool pickups. They are. Yeah, and there's been some different iterations of them throughout the years. And Fred Hammond's were a little bit different from the originals. And now Curtis has taken over where Fred left off, and he's making his own flavor of it too. And Guild has also reissued um, now their uh, version of it that they're using in their newer Starfires, which I use quite a bit too. It, it's a really great pickup. So that's it's a single coil, but it's really hot. It's a little bit more overwound. It's got lots of magnets because it's got it's got rod magnets and it's got bar magnets underneath so it's oh got a lot my. of output <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a hot pickup especially wow. curtis novak's especially he he has one that's like wound to i think somewhere around 12 13k and it's just massive sounding it's so it's a really <laughs> loud bassy pickup cool um and i like those for the tone first and foremost but i also think they just look really cool with all that chrome big oh, chrome yeah. cover and, yeah They've Alex got adjustable retro. pole pieces, yeah, adjustable pole pieces and all that. Um, and then the other manufacturer pickup that I offer are TV Jones. I use Thundertrons and Thunderblades, which are humbucking pickups, but they're they still have a lot of clarity. They're sort of in line with maybe Rickenbacker high gains, with not quite as aggressive. Um, and then I've recently introduced two of my own styles of pickup that I'm making hand winding here myself. One is the B90, which where, is a Where would we find that, just really quick, if we're kind of uh, like looking around on your site right now? They're listed on the website. If you go under bases, there should be a, a tab there that says pickups. Base pickups? Yeah, base pickups. That, that's right. that sounds, that sounds a like a good to place look. to go. That's, yes, yes. So there's, there's the B90, which mm. is a P90 made for bass thus right. the b real clever uh i i just think the dog ear pickup the dog ear p90 looks so cool especially yeah with the midwestern because the midwestern is also a nod to the coronet guitar which was just that single pickup single p90 in the bridge position thing and it just fits that design so well so i thought this cover is big enough why not just wind my own for bass so i i've got the dimensions of the original p90 bobbin 
started making my own. And it's a really interesting pickup because it's a shallow but wide bobbin. It's a single coil um, with two bar magnets. but So you get kind of a P-based tone, but because of the shape of the coil, it ends up being a little bit more low-mid-heavy. The highs are a little bit more tamed. It's just like a really fat-sounding pickup, and it sounds really cool in those short-scale basses in, in the middle position. So uh, do, um, you, do you wind these to the same spec as a P90? Is it basically the same structure no, and shape? It's the same structure. I don't wind it to the same um, amount. or I don't even – you know what? I'm not even 100% sure that I use the exact same wire. I, I wind it specifically for bass. You know, I had a sure. lot – I experimented a lot getting – the tone that I was after 40 or 41 gauge I'm using I'm using 42 right 42? now yeah it's the same as a p90 okay yeah. so 42 and I'm <clears throat> I'm winding them right around oh you like, don't you don't have to give a you know give oh, up anything you don't want to <laughs> it's not a secret it's no <laughs> yeah. secret it's no it's, it's no secret they're right around like eight to nine k yeah that's just I, a normal you know. yeah that's an everyday so, uh, p90 yeah. Well, there you go. I didn't. I didn't know that, but it sounds. Yeah, I, I was winding specifically just for the tone that I was after on the bass. So I guess that works out. But cool. Hmm. Uh, do you ever yeah. mix and match them? Uh, I notice you have the single. You're you're doing a single pickup now. Do you ever do the single with the? Uh, so let's see. What what is in the mid the um, the Midwestern? Which which is that the. Uh, that, that's the big, I don't know what else to call it, the big fat pickup. <laughs> the, 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 the Midwestern. Like an EBO comes, shaped. That's, a, right, that's, that's just the, a bisonic without the thing, is, or without the surround. Mm-hmm. Isn't that's it? That's just, the Midwestern typically comes with the bisonic pickup. That's kind of the stock right. setup thing. So if and someone then, was building, if I said, hey, I, I'd like one, I'd like a, a, a black Midwestern, but mm-hmm. I'd like you to put a single in the neck and a bisonic in the bridge, is that something you would do? Totally. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do is mess around with different pickup combinations. I just made a, a Midwestern 2. A customer ordered a Novak bisonic in the neck position. No relation, my, by the way. And a B90 in the neck, or I'm um, sorry, the bridge position. And that oh, was that's really cool. cool. Yeah, that, that yeah. would make more sense to me. Well, I'm just yeah. I'm just pulling stuff out. I'm I'm not you know. <laughs> what do you think about putting uh, say? Uh... <laughs> Anyways, yes, peanut yes. gallery. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah. Are you using so wood? I know wood is a huge topic in in right. guitar, especially today. I mean, it, it always has been, but right now it's it's a. Uh, it's a real hot topic, especially when it comes to necks. So tell us a little bit about that. All right. Well, I only I really stick to three types of wood. I really mostly use mahogany, um, African mahogany technically, maple, and walnut. Those are my three go-tos. And unless a customer requests something else, that's what I stick to. I'm not the type of person who really puts a lot of stock into the tonal differences of different species of woods i'm more concerned with the final weight and sort of overall density to my ears that's what's made the difference in tone most apparent i I really because i've built some of the same instruments just with different types of wood or different weights rather of the same same type of wood different weight and they sound completely different so it's it's not the type of wood. It's just the final weight. If you have a really heavy piece of mahogany, it's going to sound different than a really light piece of mahogany. It's right. still mahogany. So 
I don't put a lot of stock into the subtleties, especially maybe that's more of a base thing too. I mean, the amount of detail and clarity isn't quite as intense as it would be on a guitar in that top end. And maybe that's where a lot of people are hearing all of these differences. I don't know. But for me, it's a weight thing. And I keep every instrument, I try and keep under nine pounds. I'm all about lighter weight instruments. So do you typically um, chamber them or just go for the lighter pieces of wood? Just go for the lighter pieces of wood, really. Um, the Sacramento is the only bass that I offer a chambered version of, and that's more just kind of a an aesthetic choice, and it does affect the sound a little bit there, being that it's lighter and, and slightly hollowed out. So, yeah. Cool, man. That's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah. Uh, so, you, you've got you've got your four. Uh, you got. <laughs> I counted right. I was just trying to make sure. I'm like, is it is four, right? You, you have four, four models. Um, are you kind of yeah. kind of holding there, or you got new models that you're working on, or? There, there's a fifth on the way, and I could probably talk about it now because it's close enough to the Nam show. Cool. Um, release it. It's uh, for the last couple of years or so. Mark over at Chicago Music Exchange down in the basement, and I have been rolling an idea around. And I finally decided to go for it. And so we're going to be introducing a Chicago Music Exchange exclusive model for 2018 called wow. the Lincoln, which is the street that CME is on. No surprise there. Mm -hmm. And it's a full-scale bolt-on bass that is a nod to the Gibson Grabber slash Rickenbacker. Ooh. That's, I'll leave it at that. I've, I've posted a couple of teaser pictures up on Instagram You'll see the full thing soon enough, but basically think those two bases and just throw them together. I'm going to ask you I a pickup question about that. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so are you going to yeah, fill yeah. the pickups up with uh, the black resin like the, the Gibson Grabber pickups were? It's not going to. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I've rebuilt those. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, for now, I'm just going to continue to use the pickups that I've been using. So mostly it'll come stock with just a single bisonic pickup okay. in the middle position. They're probably just much like, better than the grabbers. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some of the, the G3 had, you know, some iterations of that were okay. And the ripper pickups can be okay if they didn't screw with the wiring so much sure. with all the filters and weird phasing and stuff. But yeah. I'm I think still... that was like the Bill Lawrence era. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, Experimental. Yeah. 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 Very cool, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was going to say all of that. Right. I think you should just put the black goo in just for the heck of it. <laughs> black resin. Guitar backs. You'll never know how they're made. Excellent. Hey, just yeah. a real quick question. Um, yeah. uh, the When you were... Obviously, you have a nod to to certain uh, builders and stuff, but uh, is, there, is there any builder that um, you would like to present your bases do to and just be like this is my work it, it, it's hmm. sort of like dead or alive you inspired you inspired and just showing your works as as a as a like t tell me what you think about about my stuff interesting dead interesting. or alive yeah well the first thing that comes to my mind is honestly alembic and there's really not a whole lot of alembic influence to my bases but i've always just really respected what they do especially in terms of just the electronics and being really forward thinking there um 
and I think the aesthetic is just really great on a, on a lot of their instruments. And it's just something that I wouldn't really even think about trying to mess with too much because it's such an iconic thing. Um, so that might be, yeah, I might go there just to ask them what kind of mojo they thought that these things had. That's cool. Yeah. I'm always curious to hear that from, from uh, especially guitar builders. Um, pedal builders is, is you know, is, I, I don't really ask that too much of them, but uh, yeah, uh, I think so much thought and effort and work and trial and error goes into an actual guitar build that, you know, yeah. surely there's, there's got to be somebody that you'd be like, see what I did? You know? <laughs> There's actually one other, one quick one, another up and coming builder who you guys have had on the show sort of recently, John Parsons. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, him and I are actually in the middle of a trade right now where we're building each other a base and we're just going to do a straight up swap. Really? I believe nice. he, I believe he mentioned that on, uh, on when he was on, you guys have been at this for a little while. Yes. Yeah. I think it might've been just after he was on the show, but okay. he, yeah, he, uh, so He's going to build me a little short scale um, in the style of his Arelli, mm-hmm. and I'm yep. building him a, a Midwestern. So yeah. that'll be a fun little thing. I can see where your two be- aesthetics sort of um, are, are not. Uh, I was going to say are not dissimilar, and instead I could just say <laughs> are similar. Double back enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I could, I could totally see those hanging together, like on, uh, you know, next to each other. Yeah. For sure. Well, that's cool. So it'll be yeah. So it'll be fun to see when he gets his. If he's like, oh, this is not at all what I thought it was. It's total crap, man. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure his, his stuff is, his work looks really. I mean, you're gonna both of you are gonna probably marks. do your best work. You know, yeah, you gotta well, try oh, to impress each other. I know. Absolutely. Yeah, so, absolutely. so, so you're on you're on your way to Nam. Is there is there anything that you are especially uh, excited to check out, or or anybody that you're especially excited to meet? up with that maybe you haven't gotten the opportunity before don't say gibson there are (laughs) i'm just hoping that a few a few of my you know base idols might roll through i haven't really been too um too forward about like setting up too many appointments or things like that i'm kind of just going to be hanging around and seeing who rolls by and hopefully the reverb booth gets a good amount of traffic and yeah. I think it'll keep me busy enough for the four days that I'm there. Oh, yeah. Well, the uh, fun part of the of the NAMM show is playing Rockstar or not. And, uh, <laughs> and just, right. you know, because, you know, of course, it, it, all the knots usually bring in, uh, 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 what would we call them? Um, be, be careful here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be, use uh, <laughs> escorts. Oh, they bring uh, along escorts to like walk pa- the you floor. You mean like parents? The knots? Well, <laughs> like some of them look like parents, <laughs> but uh, more scantily clad. Gotcha. Shall we some say. of them are definitely. <laughs> and, okay. and generally speaking, the real rock stars don't have yeah. the, have the escorts. Interesting. You know, I'm I, I'm looking forward to meeting people that I know that I've never met in person. Yeah, and that too. A that's bunch that's of the beautiful part of the show. Yeah. yeah, I am. I am lamenting that I I have been given a couple opportunities to go to this one, and because of um, things happening in real life, it is not a wise idea for me to go. I wish but you were going, my man. I would love to say hello to so many people that you know we've talked yeah. to on the show, and, yeah. and and meet up with you as well, Jake. You know, so well, we'll we'll <laughs> definitely plan for for Nashville. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going. We're sure. going. I can't wait. Wait, Zach has something to say. I do. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> he got you, man. Okay, well, let's... Zach, uh, you want to go? You want to go with us to Nashville, Nam? 
Sure, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I don't know where. I, well, we're going to Nam, so I don't know what you guys are Nam. doing. But anyway, Nam, 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 Nam. All right, so uh, Jake, we're gonna we're gonna leave your interview right there on a on a semi high note before we ruin it. Um, <laughs> but uh, we do have you know a couple a couple more things that we that we got to do. Yeah, like uh, would you rather? Very nice, Jared. This week's nice. Would You Rather. Okay, just go He's for it. Jesus, jumping in. <laughs> Boom. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this here. His hands are up. Carpe That's diem <laughs> with the thumb and the index together. Okay. You're on stage. Would you rather have a split rig where it is not stereo, non-stereo? You have a left and right speaker. Or would you rather have a true stereo rig? It's one or the other. Would you rather? How many cabinets? No, two cabinets. A left and a right. Yeah, I mean, but how many speakers are in those cabinets? Oh, jeez. Oh, it's just it's a it's a dual it's a it's a two, dual twin. That's Three and it. a half. Dual twin cat dual twin cab. With a horn. What if you're a bass a player? Horn. A horn? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Who uses horns? Jerry Garcia. Oh, custom hey, the, the <laughs> custom brand had horns. Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but they did, and sparkle. Yeah. Um, I love sparkle. Yeah. All right. So let's <laughs> back to the question at hand. We might have to re-say uh, that So really what are quick. we doing again? Not really. You're, are you going to run mono on stage, or are you going to run true stereo? Okay. So I have my rig, and I instead of just having my single um, cabinet, I, for the sake of people in the audience and maybe even the band, depending on where you're playing, right. uh, I put one on the left side of the stage and one on the right side of the stage. I'm totally actually planning on doing this in real life, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, awesome. let's go, Zach. I'd have to go mono just because I'm not a big like effects user. Like Typically, I just plug straight into the amp. Oh. So. I I don't think I would get a whole lot Thank of use. Thank you, Joe Bonamassa. Ouch! He's you're not a Bonamassa guy, man. Yeah, right? but I just don't think I would get much use out of the stereo thing. Yeah. Weird. Tony, I've done both, and I mean, it really. I mean, if you have the proper effects pedals, the stereo effect is great. But from a practical matter. I think dual mono, mono e mono, mm -hmm. uh, is the way to go. Mm -hmm. uh, understood, Jake. Again, being a Chris Squire fan, stereo all the way. Amen. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, Rick, the Rickenbacker was my first true bass, and it's got that stereo output jack. Oh, and why not? Right. Why not use it? I like that. the idea of splitting those pickups up, and one can be dirty, one can be clean, or this the stereo chorus thing is just so much. More trippy. It's great. Uh, I can see this. I can hear the stereo chorus. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Jared, stereo all the way. You know it, baby. <laughs> the last <laughs> band I was in, um, I ran true stereo, and they actually mic'd both uh, speakers on both sides of the stage, and ran them left and right. So the sound reinforcement also was in stereo, in sync with my rig. Jeez Louise! That's it was. Cool. Unbelievably, did, did we have a quad option? I was yeah. the only guitar player, so yeah, you know, I mean, I think it, I think it helped. Uh, Nothing Jake, like Jake for your for your edification uh, in Jared's basement. Um, if you can, if you can, I do it in my basement. Yeah, he, he has two 
two orange, orange stereo rigs yeah. ah. in the space of about maybe 10 by 10. Yeah. It is cool. hilarious. Yeah, it's kind of like the Michael J. Fox thing. Yeah. It, it does sound pretty cool, back. though. He's got yeah, an old... Does, man. Yeah. you got to stand in the course. right place, but if you do, it's, it's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, it's weird. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. What about you, Todd? What are you I'm, thinking? I'm going, I'm going mono. I, I just split, split it for the uh, because I, I do smaller clubs and I think <laughs> yeah you can run the stuff through the PA but if you if you are close to the stage you're hearing the PA and what's coming off the stage true and I like the idea of you know too many times I see a band and they've got you know the guitar players all the way on the left and the bass players all the way on the right well if you're on the right side of stage you are hearing a biased sound right. d- despite whatever the PA is doing. Because chances are, if you're close enough to the stage, you, the, the PA is probably like right over your head, maybe even a little bit be- behind you. Mm. Um, so I, I like the idea of trying to present as true a sound as possible for like wherever you're at around the stage. Back so, center. So there's there. That's where you want to be. Back I center. mean, no. At a live show, we're just watching on TV, man. Back huh? center. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, you if you're in a right live show, front, you want to be. Yeah, you, you want to be. Right be you would be on the floor and then back some, so you you know you hear what it's supposed to sound like through the PA. Be right up front. Right up front. Well, I've been at with both. the sweat and the blood and the elbows, man. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, isn't that a name of a band? It, it blood, should sweat, be. And elbows? blood, sweat, and elbows. Yeah. You're bringing yeah. me to tears. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh, okay. Hey, I just want to uh, say a few things. We got to. We got to pull this um, pull this donkey into the stall. So, Tony. Yes, I am. I, yes, you are. I believe yeah. I believe you have a thing or two. Well, um, in lieu of my normal Patreon speech, you've been graduated. We graduated you. Now yes. I do the ending speech where I get to acknowledge all of our executive producers. And one of the benefits, I do believe, Jared, is what? Well, if you if you if you're an executive it, producer, right? If you pay at that level, then you get your name written on the thing. Written on the thing? You change well, it every you, time. Well, you is get it, your name set on the thing. You get your name read on, on the thing. thing. Yeah. Okay. So that's exactly what I would like to do. Yeah. So. And the <clears throat> name's on the thing. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. So we would like to thank all of our executive producers for their support of our podcast. Zach has to go to the bathroom, so make this quick. Oh. Patreon. <laughs> Okay. No we'll, we'll let Zach do it next Go ahead. time. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to just read some of these names just off. Just read them. And we'll <laughs> just. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he, he's, I love making him antsy. Pizza time. So you know what? I'm going to go in reverse order. Because I, I like to mix things up a little bit. So uh, we had a newcomer last week. His name was Chris Kearney. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Yep. Uh, once again. Uh, we'd also like to thank Mason Green, Sean S. That's just with a single S. Uh, Oliver Gonzalez, John Daly, not the golfer. Robin Smith, Derek Fitzer, Pete Marshall, not the amp maker. Uh, Carlos Mancha, Matt Brammer, David Wolfson, Martin Cliff, and nearest and dearest to our heart, 
Mr. Tom Barazin. My Thank guy. you, Tom. Yes, sir. So uh, if you dig what we are doing here at the Guitar Knobs, you can uh, show us by becoming a patron at patreon.com. And um, I know that's that's your old that's your old spiel, isn't it? Wow. Patreon.com slash <laughs> forward slash yeah, the forward, guitar knobs. Forward slash the guitar knobs. Um, and so, we really would, you know, anything that you can help out with, go to the go to the uh, Patreon site, see if there's something you're comfortable with there. There's some great prizes that you get as be, uh, for they're becoming not prizes. It's not they're a, goodies. They're incentives. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like calling them because they are okay. prizes. It's right. something special. Anyways, oh, thank you, Tony. Yeah. Hey, I also want to remind you that at Reverb.com, you will find a marketplace just for musicians all over the world. You can buy, sell, make offers, and negotiate with complete protection. Whether you're selling from home or if Music Gear is your day job, there are millions of listings all online already, and it's free to list yours too. So join the Musicians Marketplace at Reverb.com. It's awesome. Yep. Thanks, guys. Hey, Jake, you have been awesome. Thank you so thank, much. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Absolutely. And thanks for putting up with the nonsense, too. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. It was a dance worth having. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, where can they find your stuff? Uh, com. That's S-E-R-E-K. And uh, Instagram is probably where I keep everything most up to date. Yes, sir. Cool. Boy, yes. if Instagram hey, ever goes down. Thanks for following me, by the way. I saw you <laughs> jumped on board the other day. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love <laughs> your work. <laughs> and Tony? I have nothing to say. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you really want to find me, yeah. uh, go to pickguardian.com. Okay. Uh, you can also go, you can visit my various social media channels. Mm hmm. Uh, including Instagram, which seems well, to be everybody the most knows what all the channels are. So channel, <laughs> they do. So yeah. they, they don't know what Fache book is. Mm, Come on, yeah, man! Anyways. You make really good stuff. Tell them. Yeah. Where you're I at. make good stuff, and I get my make name good right stuff. on the thing. If you That's if you it. if you are at all if you are at all curious about doing some kind of special thing to your guitar as easy as doing a pick guard, please as give, easy as doing a pick guard. Well, from a by, from an <laughs> owner's from an owner's <laughs> standpoint, that's an easy wow. way into customer. Customization. Oh my wow. gosh, you're <laughs> off the rails tonight. Jared, go. Uh, okay, if you guys uh, want some new pickups or need any pickup repairs, go to brandonwoundpickups.com. You'll find my email there. Jared at brandonwoundpickups.com. J-A-R-E-D. You know, if they can find it there, why are you saying it? Well, uh, anyways. <laughs> and I, I am on Instagram and Twitter but uh, more on Instagram and mostly on Facebook. He said more on, not us. More on. Zach, <laughs> thanks a lot. Yep, thanks thanks um, for coming, Zach. <laughs> Todd, where, are we, where can we find you, Todd? Zach you can has find a- me right here. I'm out. Subscribe! Yeah. I know why we go. All right, uh, here's me. Let's get you just let's get mic levels real quick. Check, check. Sound good? I mean, yeah, for a schoolgirl, that's great. <laughs> Step up to bat, son. All right. <laughs> I keep on pitching them, and you ain't a catching them, boy. Okay, we got to turn Tony down. No, I'll just, I'll give you my normal. <laughs> All right. Normal. Jared, you got some voice. Normal. Check here. Right. Mike, I'm can talking. you do it again real quick? Give me something loud. Loud. Well, that's it for these knobs.
please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.